If you enjoy this show, subscribe to youtube.com slash comic pop for even more deep dives into your favorite comics. All right, let's get on with the show now. Sweeping down upon the underworld to smash gangland, a mysterious, all-powerful character, but a crusader for law. Hey everybody, welcome to Elseworlds Exchange. I'm Sal, I'm joined today by Tom King. Tom, thanks for being here, man. What a pleasure. Thank you for having me back. I love this show. Pleasure's all mine. All Thank awesome you. Awesome to be here. Thank you very much. You're you're a, uh, a a fun addition to the show because not only uh, have you contributed to the world of comics and uh, and have created a lot of fodder for this show and this channel in particular, uh, but also you bring an air of uh, of comfort and relaxation to the show, despite uh, you know the the heavy weighty subject matter you'd produce. You're very chill when it comes to chatting conversationally about fictitious characters. So uh, we do appreciate it. Are there people that bring stress to the show? Like when you have. You'd be surprised. Ben, you know, you're, you're like, Joe Orlando! <laughs> yeah. yeah I said Joe Orlando. I meant to Steve, Steve Orlando. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I will tell you uh, the, the, the most recent stressful one was we had Garth Ennis on, and he was just, he was just a, he was very, he was very Irish. Like, and I was not prepared. I'm, I'm used to American Irish people, you know, like my wife or like my mom. And uh, he was Colleen McGinn. I understand. Yeah. And he was straight Irish where he's just, you know, I'm like, man, you know, working on, uh, working on preacher, working on the boys, you know, it's like, oh yeah. Yeah. Like, okay. (laughs) Right on. Okay, cool. Cool. Well, I'll just move on to the next question. (laughs) By the way, both sides play hard. Both sides play hard. Yeah. Yeah. But it was, it was great and it was fun and it was like, it was a, you know, bucket list thing. But, uh, but I was also like, okay, I've got to actually work on this one. (laughs) I, I, was, I was at a, I was at Baltimore Comic Con uh, well, two years ago now, and I've never met Garth. I greatly admire his work. I'm shocked at how young he is. That's the thing that most pisses me off about him. <laughs> um, and I saw him at a bar, and he was, you know, like ten feet from me. Uh, and I was there with from some comic book friends, and, and I was too intimidated to walk up and say hi. Now I have I've won some awards. I I've 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 had some success in comics. I've had some best-selling books. Like I feel like I should have enough balls clout. Clout <laughs> to sort of come up and be like, hey, I'm Tom King. You know, I really admire your stuff. But I I just honestly, because I think maybe because of what you're talking about, because I just feel like he, because you know, he he's Garth and he's drinking. That's like. Like, that, that's it's just, perfect. I'm it's not going to be able to be cool enough to blend into that environment. That's fair. Um, <laughs> yeah, I would just, I would, or he'd be like, "What do you want to drink?" And I'd, I'd order the wrong kind of whiskey, and he'd be like, "Oh, you're not a real man," you know. <laughs> slap me beside the head, and I'd be like, "Oh, he fucking saw through it." I am. I take, I take the slap. It's if he just quietly condemned you, just being like, "Oh, you're drinking that, eh?" Yeah, okay. that's right. A quiet condemnation, even worse. <laughs> Even worse. Like, what's your yeah. story? He quietly condemned me. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's yeah. So I my, chickened out. That was my chicken. My uh, my my college buddy uh, introduced me to preacher and read like you know read it in a day, and uh, he insisted. He's like, so Ennis is British, and I'm like, there is no way this dude is British, and he's like, no, look at how he treats the Irish in this book. I'm like, uh, you met Irish people. And uh, but it always like stuck in my craw. And at Baltimore Comic Con, going back about five or six years ago, he's sitting at a booth. There's nobody there. I'm like, how is there no line? I hand him my trade, and uh, and he signs it. And he goes like, oh, cheers. And I go, hey, by the way, you're Irish, right? And he goes, yeah, I'm Irish. <laughs> <laughs> I go, my friend says you're British. He goes, well, I'm not. And I'm like, fair enough. Okay, goodbye. Pachoom. But yeah, anyway. Uh, 
Moving on from Garth. This is this is like a, home of more awkward exchanges than any I, place in the. I miss it so deeply. The the awkwardness oh, of Comic Con. Oh, I miss Comic Con. Oh, I that, yes. When I close my eyes and dream of a COVID-free world, I see Mitch Clay and I at some bar to Comic Con oh. writing about editors. Uh, someday, some yes. fucking day. Yeah. So uh, I I thought it'd be cool. Uh, I've been and it's funny. I had this idea, and then literally the whole week leading up to this episode. I have seen article after article after article about Tom King's vision. And I'm like, you know, it'd be cool. I'll, I'll reach out to Tom. I'll ask him to talk about vision because there's this show starring 50% of which is vision. And Marvel has this funny problem where they don't put out evergreen books starring characters that coincidentally have franchises attached to them, but they do for vision and it's your book. <laughs> Hey, I remember that one. I wrote yeah. that one. Yeah, and uh, and I was like, it'd be really because you know everyone's going to point to that one because it's hard to be like, oh, pick up Avengers three hundred or like you know no one's going to tell you know your average Avengers three hundred. That's the random book you pick. It's my favorite comics. That's my first comic. I own three pages from it. I got the like no, uh, just and a random. You're the randomly comic card guy. Yeah, pick for uh, Avengers three hundred. That's amazing. Sorry. Oh, you know, all of the uh, And Vision <laughs> is not in Avengers three hundred, by the way. So is he not? That's the weird scene with Mr. Fantastic and Invisible Guy and Gilgamesh. Oh, crap. Yeah. Okay. It's an Inferno crossover. I know that issue back and forth. Nice. Yeah. I forgot about Inferno for just a second, which, you know, <laughs> feels good. But, uh, but yeah, this is a book that, like, literally anybody's like, oh, I don't know anything about Vision. And they hand them this book, which, of course, is not only steeped in Marvel continuity, despite the fact that, like, when I first picked this up, I was like, oh, this, you know, oh, 12 issue mini about this character doing something he's never done before. Let's, you know, and yet each time you, you turn the page, you get like, Oh, Grim Reaper. Oh, Victor Manchin. Like, Oh, this dude knows his stuff. And yeah. it's like, and it feels legit. It doesn't feel like I'm checking a box. And, uh, but I wouldn't necessarily recommend it as like, I don't know who really, who vision is. Should I pick up <laughs> Tom King and Gabriel Walters vision? Um, but it is one of those oh. like evergreen 12 issue minis that like the wizard is in that book. That's how deep we go in that book. Good point. Good point. Um, and, and you, well, I, I don't want to go too far, uh, too quickly, but, uh, this is, this, this is a book that like everybody is recommending every article about like WandaVision also references the vision miniseries. And I thought we'd talk a little bit about it and see where it goes. Because of course, the last time you were on the show, we said, we we're going to talk about Batman versus predator. And we used it as a framing device for everything else. <laughs> so we'll see if this actually ends up going into vision, but, uh, but, but, you know, I digress. So I thought I'd ask um, in the, in, just at, turning it a little bit into an interview. I try not to do that, but I figured I'd ask just because, Hey, listen, WandaVision. Um, anything, anything for one thing with vision, I mean, I, I actually, Garth Ennis asked me a vision. I was like, yeah, I worked on that. Did... <laughs> it's like, oh, was it vision? I, never mind. I was going to, I was going to go off on another tear, but I'm not going to do that. Uh, when you were approached to do vision, I remember reading an, an interview in which uh, you assumed that they wanted you to do Winter Soldier. Yes. And instead they wanted you to do vision. Now, do you have, do you have any like new knowledge since then about like, why did they pick vision and why do they think you'd be a good fit? No, I have no new knowledge. That's a gets, I should have asked. That's you know what I mean? Fact. I'm just like, cause it's like, you know, yeah, right. Have Tom King write winter soldier, which I don't think has happened yet. No, <laughs> it hasn't. It, it won't happen for a long time. This is a marvel. I'm quite 
ensconced in DC. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Well, you know, you never someday, know. someday, well, I'll, I'll write to my. Uh, yeah, I no, I you should, we should ask Will Will Moss was the brilliant editor. He's still a brilliant editor. If you are in love with the Marvel book, it's probably edited by Will Moss. He should run <laughs> that whole company. Someone should. Um, he should get every promotion. Will Moss uh, reached out to me, and I don't know why he. I mean, it had the movie was coming out, the um, Avengers two. Oh, Age of Ultron. Oh, Age of Ultron. So I, it was a movie push. Like we need a Vision book. Vision's mm-hmm. going to be in a movie. I think that was about. And so I think it probably just landed on his desk. He's like, "What do I do with this Vision?" And I, you know, I, yeah. And he he, he had read what, some from some of my Grayson stuff and 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 dug it. And that's how. Yeah, I I, I don't know how he matched me the project. It's a good question. I never asked. Right, because. Uh, but I mean, thank God, because you do manage to infuse that uh, that that kingy goodness. You know, you sit in Arlington. It's about family. It's tragic. You know, like there's a couple of hallmarks, a couple of staples that uh, that are persisted throughout. Um, it is all the motifs are there. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, um, when it comes to this series, uh, I understand that uh, you know I don't want to retread the interview that I read, in which you know they talk about like the development of the book, but. I don't know. I, I, I feel like by the time you got on Vision, you pretty much could have said, I don't want to do Vision. I want to do X other character. But you stuck with it because it was intriguing. Oh, no, that's not. I mean, at least that's not the way I remember it. Okay. Um, I had To me, I remember Vision as kind of a low point in my career um, in terms, not, not I mean, by the, 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 output. The, the time I got the book, so this is before you know I had any exclusive at DC. I was writing Grayson. I'd had been been rejected by DC for two years straight, putting together projects, um, and I so I was, I was I was very much clinging to the edges of comic books, gotcha. and and uh, and not getting a full paycheck because I was splitting uh, Grayson. You know, so that's a once a month book. I'm splitting that paycheck with Tim Seeley. Uh, thank God, because he taught me all the ropes and how to do it. And and then I got uh, Omega Men, which was you know canceled after three issues and was you know <laughs> not, not the best selling book. You know it was it was the worst selling book of both DC and Marvel. Um, <laughs> um, and <laughs> uh, so what? So I I don't so when 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 Marvel reached out to me and I grew up a Marvel zombie you know just talking about Avengers three hundred that was my yeah. that was my thing growing up I liked DC and I read a lot of DC books Teen Titans Legion superheroes Flash especially but Marvel was where I lived you know I'm with the especially if I was an Avengers fan I thought the X Men fans were too cool <laughs> <laughs> that's too mainstream man Avengers I'm like I'm a real nerd yeah um, you would have to be especially yeah. back then like because. <laughs> Definitely. I was a Spider-Man guy. So I was like the Avengers like, Oh God, no. Yes. That, that was generally the feeling on the Avengers. Uh, and, uh, but I mean, I read, yeah, I was, I was an Avengers junkie when I was a kid. The first thing I spent a ton of that, which a ton of money was like 25 bucks, but I bought the Avengers, you know, uh, archive hardcover for Christmas one year. And I remember my grandfather just staring at me like, why would you buy this? This doesn't even go up in value. It's a reprint. <laughs> utterly st- um, so yeah I, uh, I was incredibly ecstatic when they when marvel offered me anything at that time and i would have said yes no matter what they had said but, gotcha. uh, so uh, uh i was very desperate to sort of get my foot in the door there and go and and then i was just thinking you know if i get my foot in the door i'll, I'll sit there and i'll write marvel comics for the rest of my life right <laughs> so, <yeah. laughs> 
who knows how life works so. right um but uh so yeah so vision was it was not something where i could say like yeah no let me do something else or let me or i or where i had any influence at all on like like you know now when i put together a project i'm, I'm blessed to be like okay i want to work with this artist or this colorist or this i'm i'm pretty specific you know i've i've I work with the same letterer every time. I work with the same, um, you know, with, 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 so, so, but I, I don't have any of that. And so it was all sort of given to me. And you're like, okay, you get Gabriel Walta, you get Jordi Belair, you get Clayton Cowles. Right. And it just turned out that I got the best team in comics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, no, they're, just, they're just like, here, here's every Eisner winner for the next 10 years. Um, <laughs> and yeah. so, uh, yeah. So, so, I mean, you're, I, I got super lucky. Yeah, there was no, I had no power at that time. I was just, I wanted to get my foot in the door and hope it didn't get slammed too hard that I had to remove it. Did you slash they expect it to be a mini or was it kind of like, I mean, if it sells crazy, we'll just keep it going. No, it was an ongoing. Um, they expected it to be an ongoing. We, I signed, my vision was a big success pretty fast, a critical yeah. success. And I mean, it sold well for a, for a vision book. Uh, but it was, it was a, you know, I, sometimes you're on a book and people are, you know, you can tell by the third issue, like, oh, this is kind of a special book. Yeah. Um, and that was one of those, one of those times. And, you know, uh, I watched one knock on all the wood or something. Uh, <laughs> and by the time I got to issue five or six, DC offered me Batman. So, yeah. uh, uh and, and Marvel was like, yeah, we'll, we'll keep going. We'll do this. Um, I would de I was developing a, um, a Loki series for them, which became uh, it was it was called Vote Loki, and, and someone else ended up writing it became the Loki for President thing, which has now turned into another TV show. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, I got paid three hundred bucks for that idea. Hey, yeah, I freaking probably blew it all on uh, comic books. Uh, so so yeah, so I was developing a Loki series for them, and and. Um, and I remember going to my, my buddy CK, he's a store owner out in Boston or the Boston area. And I went to, and we, I was, I was hanging out with his, in his house and I was like, man, should I go to DC and write Batman or should I write Loki at Marvel? He's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, you know, if someone gave you Batman, go write that. So, um, so yeah, so halfway through vision and, and, and one of my, I walked into Dan DiDio's office and I was like, cause I knew vision was something special. I just, it just felt special somehow. And I was like, I'll do it. I'll sign this contract if I can finish six more issues of Vision and get, get to 12. And Dan said, yeah, you could do that as part of your as part of the exclusive. And Sweet. and so that's how it became a mini. It was, it was, I just called Marvel. I said that DC will let me only will only let me do six more issues. So it became it became 12. Nice. OK, that that's a that's a uh, that, that makes a lot of sense, because I could imagine there are a lot of books where it starts out as an ongoing and then it's like, oh, we always envision it to be like 11 and a half issues or whatever. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, I love that you name dropped a a person you know in real life who actually is a character in Vision, because you because there is a CK in that book as well. Oh, that's right, that's true. <laughs> so yeah, there's a CK. Yeah, so CK is named after CK. That's yeah, that's exactly. Accepted you, that's, uh, uh, Chris Chris Kaziki out of um, out of Massachusetts. Now, um, oh my buddy was texting with him today. Nice. Uh, when it comes to the, obviously, they're not gonna do most of the things you see in this book uh based on what we've seen from the show etc etc no, but no, the show seems to be its own sort of thing which exactly i, I, I very much appreciate it it looks cool i mean it seems like the idea for the 
My, the, I mean, it, it still looks like it's almost uh, it's almost as much inspired by Mr. Miracle as it is by. <laughs> Yeah, I think so. With the with the with the glitches and whatnot. With the glitches and the idea, it looks like it's about someone sort of trapped in a reality they don't understand, and mm-hmm. and, and, and trying to see if they want to get out. Which is yeah, Mr. Miracle. Uh, when it comes to you, kind of like upending that character uh, vision right now. Uh, you also did it to Scott, but we'll we'll talk about that later. Um, when it comes to vision and 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 his status quo, you know this is a pretty significant shakeup that literally hasn't changed. Like the only thing that's ch- everything that you did to vision in terms of giving a wife and two children and then taking two of them away, they haven't really mucked with it since then. And it's been like five years since then. Um, did you get any pushback slash did you expect there to be any when you were like, I'm going to give them like, I'm going to like, I'm doing this vision book. How about like four more visions? Uh, I mean, the only point, I mean, the only pushback was from Tom Brevoort, who didn't like the book. Um, he's an editor in Marvel. He 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 was against it for some reason. Um, mm. But besides besides, he we had a phone call where he was like, "What's going on? And you're going to try to destroy the entire Marvel universe." And, <laughs> um, so, uh, but like I said, I had Will Moss on that book, and he was wonderful, and he defended it and, and sort of stuck up for it. Um, but yeah, that was that was. That was the only pushback I got. We had to make one major change, which was uh, the character who's played by Victor in the book uh, was originally supposed to be the Human Torch. Oh, the uh, uh, the, the Android Human. The Android Torch. Human Torch, um, who, if if you know the very very messed up continuity of Marvel Universe, especially if you've read Avengers Forever, the the um, Busick book, yeah, the Busick Roger Stern book. Uh, the they have vision and human torch have a very twisted history literally twisted they're twisted together yeah because like vision is supposed to be built from his body but it turns out that like the time um the time masters tore them apart so there's two timelines and they merge back it's just it's the most comic book goggly ghibli gook sure. what, what it was was john burns the Eagleheart yelling at each other in west coast avengers <laughs> um in the late 80s um but uh, I'd say I was going to deal with all that that very complicated continuity because I love complicated continuity because I think it turns into a sort of good metaphor for life. Sure. And uh, and, and but there was a Defenders book out, def- not Defenders. The uh, well, what's the in, uh, Invaders? Invaders. Oh, oh, well, the Invaders had Inhuman Torch on it, yeah. Yes, Invaders, the original sort of World War II Invaders. Yeah. I'm sorry, guys. I'm getting old, man. It starts to <laughs> slip out of my head. My complex knowledge—it's sad. But well, you've been—you've been over on the on the other side for a while. Don't plan on leaving anytime soon. And I think you've been in, ensconced in the fourth world. So I can imagine <laughs> that you're probably <laughs> all over. <laughs> yes, I could tell you all the forever people if that helps you. There we go. Uh, um, but uh, yes. Yeah, so, so, so he was supposed. To, we were supposed to use. Use use uh, him and is it Richard Hammond? I also might. I think that's right. And uh, and he was even using Invaders book, so they yanked him at the last second, and we had to throw in. And my again, and I had a great editor, and he was he he put out a few suggestions, and one of them was Victor. And uh, I looked up Victor's continuity, and it was so it was also it was good. It was nicely fucked up. We could use it as a metaphor. Yeah. Um. So so we we threw that in because Brian K. Vaughn had given Victor just this very biz- bizarre origin story. Yep. Um, and so, uh, yeah, so, so that, that was the, that was, those were the two sort of pushbacks to editorial. One with the, was the Brevoort thing and one was the other thing. 
was the was the Victor Manchich switch, switch evergreen titles and how DC is like here is a book for everybody that can be on the shelf forever that kind of focuses on let's like a like a totemic this is the book you know oh you like Wonder Woman well here's a book boom there it is and it's constantly available whereas Marvel doesn't have those or at the very least you have to kind of like hunt for them or they're in essential collections or it's just it's just kind of like it's less focused and it's more kind of you know they're more like runs or 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 steeped in continuity kind of stories there's nothing really evergreen that you can kind of point to and say this is this is the definitive edition of you know spider-man which you know is is interesting uh but also antithetical to their desire to have like comics and everything else kind of like merge you know like you have this oh good I, I, I mean, I, I think that's, that's, that's exactly right. And I've said this before that I think Marvel generally in, in the history of Marvel has made better comics, mm-hmm. uh, but DC has reached higher heights in terms right. of just uh, producing things like Watchmen, Dark Knight Returns and, and um, All-Star Superman, those kind of, and New Frontier. I mean, the list is yeah. long. Uh, uh, but I mean, I think you can trace that back directly to sort of mid eighties DC. And I, I mean, I think you can go right to, to, to Frank Miller um, you know, leaving Daredevil and then putting his um, his next one up for auction. He put his um, uh, what's the what's the future Japanese one? Um, oh, Ronin. Ronin. Oh, sorry. Again, my forty year old brain. <laughs> uh, I mean, if, uh, famously uh, uh, at that at that time, uh, Frank said, "Okay, I'm gonna whoever pays me the most will just uh, they get Ronin," and um, and 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 DC came through with 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 the paycheck, right? And at that same time, you know, you had Len Wein and Karen Berger very much um, lobbying Alan Moore. And so you had these two forces of nature come to D.C. in the mid 80s and, and I, they, they set the standard. I mean, I think that's that's the basic difference. I mean, I think that's why that difference exists, it's because because if you look at those books, you're at least 50 to 50 to 75 percent of them are written by those two guys. Right. <laughs> it, it, it's it's a it's a Frank Miller, Alan Moore shelf, you know. Um, yes. And and so when DC decided to pay Frank to come over here, uh, and when they decided to pay Alan to come over here, and 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 because those two guys are the two uh, geniuses of our medium in terms of writing, um, we got the we got those special books, and that's and I think a lot of people sort of followed in that. I mean, I think what what, what Darwin was doing, what Grant was doing, what yeah. Um, uh, I mean, what I try to do, and, and I also, uh, I mean, I, the new Vertigo is a whole special, exactly other thing. But again, that's that's that's. I mean, that's still Karen Berger doing her thing. Yeah. Um, so it's it's all about sort of the people connections. I, I Marvel didn't sort of pursue that way. That wasn't their sort of method. Yeah, yeah. But it's interesting that they don't, or that they don't adapt, because you'd think you want that, right? I mean, like it makes sense. You you you, you see how. Uh, you know, a, a non-zero number of Marvel films can boast that they use a significant portion of influence from their comics, yet the there is still this kind of, like, arbitrary wall between the movies and the comics and how you can't really just... They they, they, they refuse or, or, or have a difficult time bridging that gap. You, you see the synergy. You know, like, Spider-Man 3, he's got a black costume, make him wear a black costume in the comics. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, like, the the we have these characters where are the definitive books or why aren't we like breaking the mold when it comes to those books you know like sure we're gonna get like 
a book with a character in it, or we might have like a team book named after a movie, but we never get like, get the best people to do the best run of this character and get it out and make it like something digestible and readable so that anybody can buy it and read it. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I don't know. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, guess. I, I, I know I'm, I'm fascinated by this distinction too. And, and, and why, it, why it doesn't happen that way where, um, but I mean, I'm still Marvel has no, I mean, look, a Civil War came out at the same time as New Frontier, right? Civil War is, it, I mean, the, the, the art is brilliant. The, yeah. There's some very cool moments in that book. Um, and it sold 400,000 per issue. Exactly. And, and New Frontier probably sold, what, like 70 something in the beginning. Yeah. It went up as it, as, it, as it went. Sure. But it, it was it was considered to be sort of a mid-level hit at the time. And so I'm sure Marvel had no regrets when they're like, hey, oh, we, no. oh, oh, no. we could have hired Darwin to do some little thing on this stuff. But in, in retrospect, you know, I, um, with all respect to Civil War, that's not something I would go back to and read again and again. Where I'll, I'll, For the rest of my life, I'll read New Frontier once yes. a year. Uh, so, I mean, I, I, it's, it's, I mean, it's a lot of personality driven. It's, it's what, you know, sort of Paul Levitz's vision of things was and Karen Berger's vision of things. Yeah, that's true. And then yeah. the other guy, like Casada's vision of things and, uh, and whatnot. Cause like civil, like you, you, it's undeniable that civil war dictated the direction of Marvel till today. Yeah. And like, it was good. It was, I mean, it was like, it was a thrilling, good comic yes. and, and beautifully drawn. I mean, just the most yeah. gorgeous art. Well, that put uh, Niven on the map for a lot of people. Although I think I think Old Man Logan came before that. I don't recall. But either way, it's like six and one. Like either book, you read it, and you're like, "Holy shit, <laughs> this is next level stuff." Uh, but yeah, no, no I, Marvel's always been more successful. I mean, since the Stan Lee days of putting their sort of hand on the pulse of America and being like, "This is what people want." Yeah. Um, and and when you're going for evergreens, literally, that's the opposite of it. You're like, "This is not what people want now. This is what people will want forever." Yeah. Um, so I, I think that that's, that's sort of part of it. I don't know. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think, I think you're onto something. <laughs> it, it also may be, you know, the, the, the traditional just Marvel style. I mean, and Marvel style was around until 2000, right? Yeah. Um, it's not so much anymore, but it, you, you, you'd be, Alan Moore could not write Marvel style. <laughs> no. Uh, Frank, Frank Miller can. Frank Miller writes like that a little bit. He's much more open. And, and, and he's done, and you, if you look, if you're like, okay, I want a classic Daredevil series, that does exist, right? Like you have Born Again that Frank did. And uh, and, you, and you have the man without fear that he did with JRJR. Yeah. Um. So, so that, some of them stuff exists. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, it. You are correct. I think it's not fair to point to Born Again since it's like considered one of the top ten most perfect comic books I've ever made. Like it's like yeah, you know, Born Again. You know. Yes. <laughs> Admittedly, yeah, there are. Talking about it. We're talking about them trying to make one of those top ten comics. But did they do? Well, I guess if you get the team that made Year One and you put them on Daredevil, yeah, you're trying to manufacture a like a, a, an evergreen book. But it, also, admittedly, that came out thirty years ago, so you know, <laughs> it's, it's been a while since they've. But but I but I will say uh, not to not to jerk off my my co-host, but Vision represents something like that, where it's like it ended up being a kind of evergreen book that you can read, despite the fact that it is cemented in continuity and it is this kind of thing that like is a moment in time, you know, like Sam's Cap. Uh, it, it dictates where the Avengers are going and 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 it, it cements it and where where Scarlet Witch is at that point in her life. Like there's there's it's in continuity and it's still like is a snapshot of the time from which it was made, but it also still represents this kind of like evergreen story about a, about a, well, a synthesoid. 
and there are things i mean i think a, a slot silver surfer with aldred like like yes I mean, there 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 have been a quite a few i don't want to downgrade some of the oh that's fair yeah there's a lot of contributions that have come out um yeah. it's funny yeah actually now that you now that you bring it up or point out examples or holes in my argument so to speak it uh it's certainly i i think that there's always an exception um i know that uh i think chip wanted to kind of like disprove it which is why he did life story you know he's like here's here's something that's that you could point at and say spider-man instead of it instead of reading and going who the hell what's happening where are we when is this um switching gears uh i was looking through it uh i was working give you craven's last hunt for spider-man there's stuff yeah 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 no it's true i mean but like oh man with 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 jm it's like i love craven's last hunt it's a snapshot and it's also like this kind of like thing that it, it it's funny because when you read that it is great and brilliant but it's also like not representative of spider-man like you know, it's just this kind of like, <laughs> you're like oh you love spider-man read craven's last hunt there's literally nothing like it like <laughs> it's not exactly emblematic of the character you know it's like it's it's pretty i mean it's like reading spider-man versus wolverine where you're like holy shit <laughs> this isn't them well it's wolverine but you know spider-man just kind of along for the ride um i think that's chris priest under a pseudonym too so that's kind of like oh yeah well that makes sense uh, <laughs> but uh but yeah, so um, switching gears, I, I did point. I did want to bring this up because uh, you because you pointed it out. There's this funny moment um, when when you get to the point of I need to finish six issues before I go to DC. Is the was there always going to be a big scene with like literally everybody in the Marvel universe, <laughs> or were you like it's probably the last time I'm gonna write for these characters in a long time? Better put everybody in here no that was i mean it was always going to be um that call i said before where and Breaver was was i i feel like i was paying him badly but he was just he was worried about the marvel universe which is his job literally that's it yeah and um and it was always because i was hinting the whole time that 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 vision was going to destroy the marvel universe like mm-hmm. that was the the narration that, that runs through the whole thing yeah so yeah it was always going to end in some sort of confrontation where i showed sort of how because I mean, I just had this vision. I had this vision. Wait, that's like it's, it's 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 a book of puns. Um, <laughs> that vision could kick anybody's ass because he can he can they can't use anything against him because he could always yep and and just phase out. You know, who cares if Hulk is the strongest guy ever? If his punches don't land, they don't land. Mm-hmm. And then he just sticks his arm into Hulk and does his little thing, and then Hulk goes down. I mean, that's crazy. That vision yeah. could do something like that. Uh, so yeah, it was it was always envisioned um that that at the at the end at the around the 11th issue i mean i was my my plan was always to do 12 issues of sort of this first story and then i was going to do 12 more of it as a second story so it's oh. like chapters um i think i even did a little bit of an outline for a second one uh so yeah so it, it would uh, issue 11 was going to be the big fight the yeah. big sort of epiphany moment usually my issue 11s are big epiphany moments hmm. uh, yeah. i'll have to and go then, back and look for them <laughs> Yeah, big fight like in Mister Miracle issue eleven is the big dark side versus Mister Miracle fight. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's what I just did. Oof. I read a lot of twelve issue series. I'm still writing a lot of twelve issue series. Yeah, yeah. Is Backcat twelve or is that yeah, an ongoing? Backcat back is twelve. All right. 
Bad Cat's 12, and uh, Strange Adventures is 12, and Rorschach is 12. So right. all three series I have out now are, are 12. Yeah, which has got to be kind of nice. It's like you got three books on the shelf right now, and they're probably all, like, done. Like, <laughs> you're, yeah. you're not breaking your neck trying to be like, okay, how, how do, you know, you're not bendicing it, which, like, much respect to Brian. I'm just saying, like, where it's like, I'm writing six or seven different books, and they're all ongoings. Um, no, I write, I write this new way now where I write them all at once. It's my new. That's a good way to give yourself yeah, a really hard attack. Like, <laughs> I just finished one last week. I finished a 12 issue series that hasn't even been announced. So, no, really? But yeah. Um, yeah. So, last week I finished one and, and took those last four months of my life, right? So, <laughs> That's very so systematic way to put it. It was, it, was a big, it was a big shift in gears this week to write something new. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so, yeah. But I, I like, I write them. I got this from Brad Meltzer. I had, I drink some with Meltzer, and he told me he wrote um, a crisis in, in in once in just he wrote all seven issues at once, and I thought that was brilliant. I was like, oh, I was like, because you know, I was doing Batman, which is, was such an improv kind of book in terms of trying to get it out every two weeks, yeah. and so the idea of the luxury of sort of staying and because in batman you know we're, you were writing you know each issue 36 and then you write issue 42 and then you write issue 22 and then because they're all different artists need at different times so oh yeah God. the luxury of just doing one after another and just telling a straight story from beginning to end and so wonderful so i i've started that's that's why strange adventures is done and rorschach is done and Batcat is mostly done i, I pause there for a second oh. so I'm gonna, go, I'm gonna go back to Batcat. I'm, I'm, I was just, uh, my wife and I are, uh, we have HBO Max because I have AT&T as a phone provider. Uh, and so as a result, I'm rewatching the Batman animated series. Um, she, uh, she missed an episode like a long time ago. It was like, oh, we need to watch this episode. And then we ended up going like, well, let's watch the whole show. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, it's so it was, good, right? It's ridiculously good. I, I almost tweeted this thing because I just love when people like yell at me on the internet where I was going to be like, there hasn't been a DC animated movie that looks as good as this sequence from on leather wings. And it's <laughs> just that shot where he's riding man bat and they go past the Zeppelin. And I'm like, I'm just like, Oh my God, this is so amazing. And my, my wife Tiffany is just like, that must've cost them a fortune. And I'm like, no, 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 this is the first episode. This should have cost a fortune, but they want the job. And she's like, oh my God. <laughs> like they got a fortune for free out of this episode. Um, but uh, but it made me think because a lot of, not a lot, um, Batcat, uh, which is one of your series that's out right now on shelves today. And uh, I promised that we'd, we'd plug a little bit about your books, but uh, but I do want to talk about this because I do nope, actually like that. No plugging required. My books no. are fine. No, but I like to make it worth your while. But, no, uh, but when it comes to um, Batcat's development, um, I'd heard, and hopefully you can uh, you can confirm or deny that... Uh, I deny, I deny. What is it? The, the inclusion of Phantasm was not your idea. Not my idea. I can confirm that, yes. Uh, that, was definitely, that was definitely my partner in crime, Clay Mann, who's drawing the best-looking book on the shelves. Yes. Uh, it was... He was... Uh, I'm a little older, I think, than you and and end of Clay. Clay's like three years younger than I am. Uh, same age as Mitch, born on the same day. No shit. Yeah, not very bizarre. Yeah. Uh, and so was Seth, man. But that's probably not coincidental since they're twins. But um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, so uh, we were at a uh, terrific con, and which is which is a, an awesome con in Connecticut. Everyone should go. But it takes place in a casino. Like there's a there's an active casino around the con, which unlike most con most cons you get out it's eight or ten o'clock you go to the street you go to the hotel bar 
And this con you pour out into a casino and, <laughs> and it's all night. There's because casinos don't shut down. They're going at three, four a.m. So so it was like three, four a.m. Uh, neither Clay or I are are gambling types. Um, uh, and but we were we were just we were sitting at two um, slot machines and we were just talking about the book and you know randomly pulling on levers and, and Clay was pointing you know slot machines all have like animation. Clay was pointing at them all and pointing out what was wrong with all the art in them, which I thought was just. <laughs> Uh, it was amazing because you know he's like a da vinci he he sees the world in a different way yeah and, and uh, he's like he's like that head's too big that nose is too long that he's just like um and, and 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 he's like we should put it was utterly his idea it was like we should put fan and i was like that's who remembers phantasm it was in one movie 30 years ago what do you, and he's like no man for my generation phantasm was where it was at and he was he was completely and, and it made it made a lot of sense with the book because we're talking about you know, Catwoman and, uh, and sort of her decision. I mean, the whole book is about sort of her becoming a good guy and whether she's a good guy or a bad guy. And Phantasm is an ex-girlfriend of Bruce's who became a bad guy. So it, it fit very much thematically into the book. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I love how unapologetically it says like, stuff from the animated series just happened where it was like, and it wasn't like one of those things where, you know, we're going to use phantasm and we're going to have to change her. Obviously, you know, like Harley Quinn, you couldn't just do a one-to-one Harley Quinn is from the cartoon, you know, when they brought her into the, into the comics. Um, but no, yeah, no, that like Fant- the mask of the phantasm movie that happened in comics <laughs> over there at this point, ex- um, ex- except for the Joker origin story that's told in that book. You got to drop that. Cause Joker doesn't have an origin. Obviously. That's right. Good man, yes. Um, but also you threw in like the Underdwellers Fagin character. <laughs> now, was that also him? Or is that you being like, well, if we're going to use the cartoon, we might as well just grab every, we're going to pull in that that Vertigo guy. We're like, we're going to get everybody in here. That one was me. I was I was looking for a good action scene. I wanted to, I wanted to, do, to do some hitting. And Clay, you'll see this in all the books, but Clay loves to draw animals. And so he'll constantly be like, put more animals in books. It's one of the few requests he always makes. Hmm. Um, so in Heroes in Crisis, there's like a big scene with a penguin. Yes. Uh, and so, so I was looking and, and I, I, it was, it was an absolutely perfect character. Cause I was, cause it's, you'll see in the annual, he plays a big role uh, in Catwoman's life. Cause again, he's the Fagin character. So uh, yeah. So it was, it just, it, it worked out perfectly. Yeah. A guy who has animals, so Clay could draw crocodiles. He's from, he's from he Clay is Florida, born and raised. So I was like, ah, oh, you can just look out your window and figure. It out. <laughs> uh, but I, but I do, I love the the animation or the animated series influence on the book slash the like, I don't know the incorporation of these because it's not just like eh, we'll put in this character or this thing or this element. It's like it, it's this kind of interesting blend of modern sensibility current comics that show and it doesn't like try and oversell it or anything you're not like oh that was you know this show was perfection and you know it it was but like you know you don't have to admit it uh where it's like this show is perfection and you should you know everyone should but it is like this kind of true portrayal of these of these characters and these and these visuals uh oh, that's and I'm, very nice i appreciate that oh, well, awesome. my pleasure i'm just uh i mean you know if it sucks i'll let you know but uh we're looking for, <laughs> <laughs> we're three i know engine. you will and i appreciate it i yeah uh, <laughs> it's, it's not, i just i was just looking at the third issue it won't suck the first three at least right but, yeah well, the third is very sexy so we'll see how that goes it's it's it gets it gets a little r-rated in the third episode now it's black label i assume based on uh damned there won't be any slip-ups this time around. No, there will be no bat penises. Uh, it's a PG-13 book, all sexes. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
uh, implied is not the right word, but you know what, you know, comics, the magic of comics, which you know better than anybody else, is that comics indicate action without action. You're watching a bunch of very still pictures. Nobody is moving in what you're watching. Um, And so what happens is between the panels in those little gutters, your brain takes those pictures and creates a, a, a moving camera inside your brain so that what all our job is as artists is we indicate something that's supposed to stimulate that movie in your brain. Mm-hmm. Um, so we will be indicating things that will show you sex scenes in your head, but we will not show you sex scenes. I love that because that's uh, it, it's, it's like when people say, you know, like that certain movies are some of the most violent you've ever seen. And you realize like no one's, there's no blood in the movie, you know, like right, yeah. when, when psycho is considered one of the most violent movies and it's like, you barely see any like there's barely any murders in these movies and it's like hardly it, it's it's quite tame but just the psychological aspect of it the 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 implication is more horrifying than the actual uh depiction so uh so that's cool i'm glad to hear that <laughs> uh it's 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 beautiful it's, it's such a fun book to do because it takes place in these three timelines it's so fun to write because if you're writing something, you're like, oh, I'm tired of this. You just switch it to a timeline. You're suddenly excited again. So it's just, it's a joy to write and do it. Yeah. And working with Clay is the most, he's again, we're, I talk to him every day of my life and it's, it's, it's the most fun. And he, he makes everything better. Although, although <laughs> he's, of all my artists, he's the one, like when you get a lettering draft back and you'll just be like, this was a seven panel page and now it's five. <laughs> you're like, what happened to me? And he's like, you didn't need them. I was like, all right, Clay, you know, you know. That's great. Yeah. That's yeah. great. I've uh, I've done a very very small amount of 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 comic writing, and I love the experience of working with an artist who's like who's like that, who's just like you don't need that. Or or and I, I tried, and I, I wonder, and I'm curious actually to get your opinion. Where it's like, do you put little notes in your scripts that say like, by the way, if this like we have seven panels, you can drop two or three. Like if you if you can do it better, just please do it. <laughs> No, my, my scripts are, as opposed, I think probably than anybody, because I read a lot of other people's comic strips, my scripts are very non-communicative to the artist in terms of like, hey, if you want to do this or you want to do this or hey, man, you know, maybe I'm thinking this or maybe we could do this. I'm just like, this is what you, this is what this is. And this is what is said in that. I mean, they're very short descriptions. So like, yeah, um, you know, we're all just right. Uh, bat, you know, dude walks in Batman, you know, panel one dude walks in. Batman punches dude in face. Like that's that that that's two panels. Right. Um, and, you don't need to but, know what but, perspective. He'll, but, he'll figure it out. <laughs> but a lot of people will be like, dude walks in. He's a short guy. He's got this kind of hair. He looks like this, and he's kissing. And, oh, and here's like here's reference to this and this. I'd be like, I whoever whatever dude you want to draw. You want to draw a fat guy, a tall guy. You draw the dude of your dreams. Yeah. Um. So so in 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 that way, I exchange. But I don't. My, my general feeling is when I want someone to read my scripts, I don't want to take them. I want them to read them as if they're reading the comic book. I don't, when I, when I see, when I read scripts where I'm reading, where I'm reading a script and halfway through, they're like, maybe you do this, maybe you do that. Here's a suggestion. I'm just, I have trouble picturing it in my head, what the actual story is. Yeah. And, um, and I think that makes it harder both for the editor and for the, I want the artist to read it like as if they're reading a story and to get engaged in it. And I don't, and I feel like when I, when I do stuff like that, it, it, it takes the artist. Now, sometimes occasionally I'll put something, I have a, a thing where I have an art note or something or. Sure. Um, but, 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 but very, very rarely do I directly address the artist. I mostly just tell the story. Mm. That's funny because, uh, you're talking about how you read a lot of scripts. You must have seen like dozens of Alan Moore scripts, which are insane. Yeah. They're insane. Uh, if you're not familiar, ladies and gentlemen, they are always in caps 
and they are just like these walls of text like he doesn't like the return buttons broken on his typewriter when he's writing them like it's it's just this wall of text filled with everything and it's like dude this is spawn wildcats number four like (laughs) (laughs) we don't need this much detail but you do because like that's the way he writes and that's the way you get what what that's how you get the magic right uh i'm one of the few uh, most writers um start out as artists and yes uh bendis um scott uh grant morrison alan moore uh frank miller yeah um the great the great writers of our medium uh, started out wanting to draw and have some limited art talent. I never, from the time I was seven years old, I knew that I couldn't, I mean, you've seen, if you've seen my internet, I, yes. I knew that, that that half of my game would never develop into something <laughs> interesting. So I, I think like, when I feel like Alan Moore, like like he's an artist and so in his head, he has a panel in his head and he draws it out so he can describe. I don't, I'm not an artist. So I do, I would never tell my art, like, again, like I would never be like, it has to look like this because my, my art knows those things, but like things I couldn't even comprehend, things like angles. And like I was saying, like Clay looking at a picture and being like, that head is too big. That, right, like, like, I, I don't know. <laughs> it makes no, it makes no, sometimes they'll, they'll, because, you know, I'm on a, I talk all day to the doc. Mitch and Clay, and they and they talk in us. And it's I'm like, are you guys talking Portuguese? What is this you're saying? <laughs> uh, um, so, so I think because I because I was not an artist first, I lay off the descriptions a little bit more than some people think. Yeah, I, my my concern is always that you know your your artist wants some measure of direction or feels like you're kind of like because I always felt like I was kind of going like kind of get taking it easy if i'm like if i just tell them what happens in the panel and they and leave it up to them that's a lot of work for them <laughs> like i gotta help them like figure out what angle we're gonna use and stuff and uh and, and depending on what how many artists you've like one has worked with like there are some who are like just let me do it and there's others who are like i need clear direction like i need to know what it's what's gonna be in this panel like basically like saying like don't give me all the work man <laughs> like just tell just Tell me what you want in the in the panel. Yeah, I mean, it, it differs from our. I, I don't generally differ in my script. In fact, Backhat is the most freedom I've ever conceded to. I know conceded is the wrong word because my artists oh, yeah. always have have full reign over whatever they want to do. But like for Backhat, we're doing Clay and I did where I, I it's a twenty two page script, but I do twenty pages and give them demand. And it's like, and he picks a scene and extends it two pages Oh, where he, he can say, okay, you need, this needs to be a splash. This needs to be, so he has two pages where he can thro- throw it in. Right. Um, or he, where, you know, he's like an action scene. Like I'd, I'd, I'd like to do more with this action scene. Um, do you ever come up with things like he kicks or he punches or you just go like Batman fights the guy. It will take four pages. <laughs> you know what I mean? It'll oh, take four I, pages. I never do that. Batman fights the guy. It takes four pages. Or, or I, <laughs> I remember I was on a panel with, um, uh, Yannette Pique- Piquette, um, oh, I just screwed his name, but, um, and he was talking about working with Grant Morrison on Wonder Woman. And, and he's like, sometimes it'll be like, be like, Grant Morrison will just be like, double page splash, the meaning of love. You know? <laughs> <laughs> he's like, what do I do with that? The meaning. <laughs> I need a little um, more direction, Grant. Uh, so, no, no, I, I, I don't choreograph them. I'm not, I, well, I mean, I, I mean, mildly, I'll be like, you know, um, uh, Batman punches. Joker in the face. Joker falls down. Joker gets up. Joker tries to punch Batman. Batman ducks. Like I don't. That that that's probably the level of choreography you'd see. That's still frustrating, (laughs) but I can imagine that. Like, yeah. At least it's not. Yeah. If it's. Yeah. That's interesting. 
Cause I don't know. Cause I like you, I'm not an artist and I don't, uh, I, 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 what they do is wizardry. It's magic when they just produce something that you're just like, I had this idea in my head. I didn't really have a good visual for it. Can you make it like real? And they're like, I can make it better than real. And you're like, Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. I don't use it's I I asked um, Mitch and doc recently on studio adventures. Like you guys never, when you get a script and we're such close friends, you could be like, Tom, why the fuck are you asking me to draw this spaceship? I hate drawing spaceships. Ask me to draw a piece of toast. Right. Like, cause I mean, if you have a scene, a scene in a comic book, um, I have two characters fighting, for example, I can, I can be like, okay, they're fighting. The camera is entirely pulled back. You can see the entire city of Skyland, their little silhouette. Or I can be like, I can pull way, way, way in. And all you see is, you know, do that Keith Giffen thing where you see just the half of their face. Yes. You know, like you can, there's, you can do a right, or I could just be like, I could say like, oh, you're looking at the toaster oven, and every once in a while, uh, you see blood f- fly on it, you know, and just like yeah. nine panels of pages of toaster oven being slowly bloodier <laughs> while I do the. There's like a thousand different ways, um, and I so I asked I asked Mitch and Doc like, why don't you ever you know tell me like you don't? And I was like, oh no, we just don't tell you. We just we just draw whatever we want. We just don't. <laughs> we, we, we'd skip the step of telling you. I was like, oh that 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 now that tracks. Well, that works. That tracks. Yeah, that That's sense. great. Well, it's all the better because uh, Strange Adventures is incredible. Uh, it's the as... best podcast ever. Well, <laughs> it's well, it's you know the podcast. thing is, the, you know, well, we we could have done this a couple of years ago, and it would be a very different conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm but, sure. The thing is, I just don't read the stuff I don't like. You know, a lot of people have that problem where it's like, I'm a completist. I read everything, and I hate read. I've hate read seventy issues, and I'm like, why? What are you doing with your life? Like, just let it go. Yeah, it is. It's tough. That's tough. Yeah. I, I, I hate read a lot of things these days. <laughs> well, for me, it's just the news. <laughs> like, that's my hate reading. And then they call it doom scrolling now. But uh... it's, 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 it's... Well, I got to tell you, to doom scroll, I just look out my window in Capitol Hill. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah look at you. Yeah. That's got to be. Yeah. Well, let's not let's not get that that let's not date the episode because this. Yeah, is... that's right. This is this is in a. This is going to be our our uh, new frontier where you can read this. You can watch this once every That's year. Right. Or vision. Or vision. Yes, vision. I, no, don't talk. I, you're, I feel like you're jinxing it. I am. You're right. You're right. But uh, but oh yeah, that's right. Hey, vision takes place in the same time. Um, but yeah. So uh, did so you so by issue three? It's funny bringing it back to vision. I was just thinking like, did you know? But we literally spent like ten minutes talking about how you were like by issue three. It was special. Like we knew it was going to be something. Like kind of, yeah. I mean, we get we were getting good. Good. It was it was a very Marvel moment. Marvel very famously began originated, um, and this story is um, apocryphal, but I like it. Um, where Stanley, who yeah, Stanley's an amazing writer, in that like Stanley wrote more Millie the Model um, comics than he wrote Fantastic Four. If you just like look <laughs> at look at how much writing he's done in his life, yeah. Uh, for twenty to thirty years, he was writing just. Um, you know, whatever he could to make a paycheck. Right. And famously at the age of 39, he turned to his wife and said, I'm out, you know, I don't want to do this anymore. And she was, and she was like, just do one more time, just one more thing and, and, and throw out the rules. Don't stop. You don't want to write Millie the model. Don't write Millie the model. You, you, you write what you want to write. The great novel, but do it in a comic book at the age of, and you've been doing it for so many years since he was just a kid. And, and that's how FF won. And Stan Lee's telling, Began. Now, who knows if that story is true? Kirby has a whole different take on it. I'm sure. Um, but I like that story. It's still a fun story. Uh, and, and that's how Vision began. Uh, I was, you know, Omega Men had gotten canceled. I was going on vacation with my wife uh, and, and children to Florida. And it was due before I wanted to get it done before I left because I didn't have internet 
wherever we're going. <laughs> and uh, and I remember just looking over the script and being like, this is super weird. And <laughs> nobody is going to like this. And I know my comic book career has come to an end, uh, just as my <laughs> novel career had come to an end. And so I'm just going to um, write for myself and write what I want to write. And so it, it was it was a very marvelous miracle that, that people actually dug. Yeah. Uh it's funny, Brett. You brought up Stan. Was it you who tweeted? I might have been. What? Uh, there's a couple of people that I follow, but somebody grabbed a Spider-Man panel that showcases Johnny Storm giving Peter Parker an autograph, and <laughs> it's written by Stan. It's such a funny panel. It's just literally Johnny Storm being like, "You didn't speak up, Pipsqueak, but you look like a guy who's interested in something like an autograph from Johnny Storm." Here you go, and like Peter be like, "What the hell's wrong with you?" <laughs> And it's just like someone going like Stan Lee wrote. No, I want you to understand. No one was writing comics like this. Like there was no dialogue like this in a comic book at this time. And it's like, yeah, yeah. Anytime that anybody's talking about like, oh, was, I got this. I got a kid. He's of reading age. What's a good comic I can get? I'm like, just anything written by Stan Lee. Like just, <laughs> just give him anything written by Stan Lee. Because not only, you know, the way he spells through notwithstanding, because he always wrote it. T-H-R-U, uh, which got me in trouble a lot when I was in, when I was a kid in, in school where I'm like, oh, I'll just and they're like, no, it's 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 this much longer word. And I'm like, but it's but it's more economical to put the U. So, but we knew what the word uncanny meant. So it, may, it meant up. It, exactly. It is that he like used words like Excelsior, spectacular, uncanny. And it's like uh, hi- hyperbole, uh, you know, the words that you just don't hear or don't use conversationally. And yet the stories are so like simple, but impactful that like a kid can understand it. It's like showing them a movie where, you know, if you're an adult, you get all the references in the innuendo, but for the kids, it's just kind of like a fun, like, you know, spectacle. Um, But it'll teach them vocabulary and and, and stuff like that. And that's just, it's just something magical about that. Um, No, I mean, I was, I was, kidding before but i mean he did write like so many romance comics and so many um soap opera comics yeah. for years and westerns he did a ton of westerns and monster comics that when he finally got back to superheroes at fantastic four you see a guy like you read to me when i read reread the dicko lee stuff it's just a soap opera like that's what i like about it. you're like oh is he falling in love with betty grant oh no she rejected him because he's she's too old and now he's got this new girl at school and it's it like like you, you end up caring so much about those characters and their lives um, because you see, you see like you see, okay. Oh, now, now he's in a Western. Now he's in a Roman. He's like, he's throwing genres at you because he's, he's been doing them for 20 years. He knows every, he knows ev- all those things inside and out. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think Stanley's almost underrated because he's known so much as a creator. I think it's underrated as just a, as just a guy who wrote a lot of, who wrote stories that were wonderful. Yeah. As opposed to creating new characters. That exactly. Wonderful. Exactly. Uh, Stripperella, notwithstanding. Uh, <laughs> Although I was, I was going through his um, Just Imagine stuff because DC put out some new trades, and I thought that some of that stuff looked pretty cool. It is cool. Oh. No, I yeah. have the Omnibus, and it's it's pretty dope. Yeah. Um, didn't did Grant pull one of them? Yes. There's a, there's a, yeah, there's a Just Imagine universe that Grant created. Yeah, so it's one of the sort of multi worlds. I think I think one of the Green Lanterns. I think Stan's Green Lantern showed up in the Liam Sharp. Oh, awesome! Which is like what? Because oh. I wonder. Do, do you know? I mean, is this something I, that you can talk about? Does Does DC go like, listen, we own Just Imagine, but like it's a Stanley thing. Don't reference Just Imagine. That's never come up. I don't okay. know. No one's ever either. I've never asked to use it. I would love to. 
if they give me the Just Imagine characters and we'll do some awesome 12 issue watch. <laughs> I can yeah. change the 12 issues. Give me it. We'll do Millie the Model 12 issues. Come on. There we go. All right. can be sad and look out a window. <laughs> the world is full of depression. We can do it. Yeah. Oh, well, that's no, there's no doubt about that. Um, do you foresee this is just just me i got tom king here i'm gonna ask him uh do you foresee because you've been doing you you know based on the output of work you've had over the last two years uh you know people are digging it by and large folk are like undisputedly being like this is good this is good, some good shit That's um good. and good to hear. well in the folk you know it's like you know with Rorschach, it's like, I don't like it, but it, not because of its writing or its art. The art is, of course, impeccable. But, uh, you know, it's because I have a fundamental problem with Watchmen, you know, or like Watchmen being sequelized, that kind of thing. It's like, it's it, there's always oh, some kind of like... Don't sleep on Rorschach. I think that's such a good... I'm, I'm writing it, but that, okay. that's... Uh, but I, I, I'm so proud of that book. I think it's... Because it's 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 the one book I'm writing that's like... I mean, it, I mean it's about paranoia and politics and... Yeah. and, and um. Like like the issues, it's uh, it it very much feels like I'm a, talking about today. At least to me, I don't. Yeah. But I I think I I think that's uh, I that's I, uh, I don't know how to put it. I like that book. That's what I'm trying. To say. That's fair. <laughs> That'll go on the cover. I like it. Uh, and Jorge Hornets is is just he's a genius and he's yeah. he's, he's killing the art. Yeah. Don't don't. I mean, you. I, I think it's totally fair to be distracted by the alan moore sequel of it all i think that's a totally fair argument to have but if you can sort of get over that i mean if you can if if, if you've enjoyed the watchman tv show if, if you can put it aside to enjoy that watchman tv show which i did because i was the same way i didn't want to watch the watchman tv show i mean i i don't want to if someone told me there was a rorschach book by some a-hole artist i would have the same i'm i'm utterly empathetic to that point of view yeah um but but so, I mean, it just the way I look at it is DC told me I could tell a story about contemporary America um, with one of the best artists in comics if I did it with Rorschach. And that's what I and I said yes to that because that's a deal with the devil. Well, man. Seriously. Um, by the way, top to bottom, like the graphic design in that book is also something to be commended. Um, the Just the, the credits page design is so is good in every issue the cover work is incredible uh and the story is pretty cool too uh but there's a lot of good sh like that's just a it's just one of those good books i hope they don't screw it up in the in the in the hardcover like that's got to be a beautiful looking hardcover jorge just turned in issue uh nine um or we just got the colors back from dave stewart who's the you know, best colorist in comics. excellent yep um and it's 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 something you've never seen in a comic before in terms of layouts it's it's a very sort of complicated I gave him a big challenge in terms of like, I was like, I want to structure the book in a very weird way. And he's like, all right, that's great. I'm going to take it up three notches. You know? <laughs> and um, so yeah, you'll, it, it's, it'll, it'll be one of those issues where people are like, well, I can't believe Jorge pulled it off. And I, when I read it, I can't believe he pulled it off either. It's, it's, it's just something in something at the medium. I don't think we've seen before. Nice. Which, which, I, which is hard. Cause I write so many freaking comic books. So when true. I'm, I do it. That's issue nine. So I think we're what, like eight months or seven months away from that? It's either eight or nine. I can't remember. Uh, I mean, no, maybe that's the worst is knowing about shit that's coming out. And it's like, oh, yeah, that'll be out in the middle of the next year. We're super far ahead in Rorschach. So that's yeah. it's good. It's nice to be ahead. That's great. Um, but my question is do you think you'll ever do another event? 
No. <laughs> I don't know. I don't I don't think so. Like there's no desire there where you're like, man, if I could just get my hands on everybody again, I could do this, this, and this. I'm not no. asking for the pitch. I'm just saying. No, like, no it's it's funny because I mean, just to be perfectly honest, I'm at this point in my career where I'm super happy and it kind of worries me because you never uh, want to be you never want to be comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's when you start to get boring. Uh, but I mean, I DC has given me incredible freedom. It's given me the best artists, um, yep. uh, the best editors, the best uh, characters, uh, um, and, and 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 a ton of freedom to do. Um, you know, to, to to live on, to keep aiming. I, like, I'm never going to get there, but I'm always aiming to do a Watchmen or even to do you know to to, to do a novelist do to be freaking, you know, to write what well, Fitzgerald, the great American novel, all that crap that artists say to keep themselves going every day yes um uh so so i i i'm doing ambitious things but yeah i it, it doesn't no it, it doesn't i'm no good i've said this many many times i have two things that i'm really bad at in comics uh, i'm really bad at telling other people what to write and, and I'm really bad at being like, all right, we're going to do 17 crossovers. You do this one, you do that you one, you do that one, and you send them to me and I'll review them. And <laughs> then I'll check off, no, you didn't get this right. You didn't get, oh, no, this is, this. oh, this Inferno crossover makes no sense, like Avengers 300. <laughs> right. But like, like uh, and, and then you, you do sort of that organization and skill. I can't fucking do it. I know I'm terrible at it because right. I, I, I have three children. Um, I, I, and they're, and, and, and a dog who takes way too much time. And, and so, so like, to me, all I want to do is I just want to write and turn in. And, and so I, I, all that side stuff doesn't appeal to me. And then, so that's the one thing I do. And the other thing I do terribly is I don't like other people telling me how to write. It's the other side of that coin. <laughs> sure. Where I, I love doing crossover events. I like, I just did. And I love doing like where someone puts me in a box. Like someone's like, I, mean, I just did something with, where Keith Giffen came to me and said, I want to do a Hanukkah story with Lobo. And you're just like, okay, that's a fucking challenge. Um, oh my God. So, so like, uh, I, I love there. Someone's like, I did, uh, Doc and I first hooked up on, hooked up. Yeah, we're, we're close. Uh, uh, first did something to get a, a crossover for, um, what was it, Apocalypse, Dark Side War. Um, a Jeff Johns thing, which I, it's one of my favorite one issues I've ever, or I did this thing for Commandy Challenge that I just think maybe one of the best things I've ever written. So I love when someone puts me in a box, but I hate when someone uh, is like, okay, you have to, here's like, the, you're, it has to end here. You need to switch this artist there. You need to, okay, you've already written this script. We need to rewrite this script because of mm-hmm. this. And I just, I, it drives me insane. I'm, 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 when I did like the button crossover, yes. which was, which fun. And I was, I was, I was totally proud of it, but it was, it was like three times as much, work because it was it was um yeah no i i, I so I, I i neither of those either telling people what to write or 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 having people Being tell told. me what to write <laughs> i'm no i'm no good at it it's, it's it's an actual problem that i that i have as as someone who's supposed to be um a leader in this a leader and i don't know leader is the wrong word but someone who's it, supposed to be a, yeah yeah i hear what you're saying uh, a figure in this industry yeah yeah that's fair um i like the the point you made about like being put in a box where it's like because i i i believe based on what i've seen from the industry that like there's got to be this like really tenuous but like necessary line where editorial control is 
good in some way where it's like the if you let the artist do whatever they want it's not nearly as good as when the when you have like a like when you when you put them kind of like against an obstacle you know what i mean like i don't mean like every time but i have noticed when it's like you get to do whatever the hell you want it's like oh, well then it's going to be like those essays where it's like write about anything uh, <laughs> as opposed to like here's your topic um but uh but to that vein uh i was thinking about how in my line of work uh part of like one of the one of the shows or themes that does the best that people love and you'll hear it everywhere and i'm sure you've heard it a million times you've probably seen your name used constantly is uh the like the fantasy football all you got to do is put so and so and so and so on this character and and let them do their thing and it will and, and it'll just be perfect um do you guys see that slash laugh at it all the time? Or is that one of those things where you're like, I don't even know. Like, because there is like this fantasy football going on where people are like, man, if only, if you just put Tom King and like, and then you pick an artist like the, you know, like Mark Bagley, like somebody where it's like totally different and tonally different from everything else. And you put him on this character, like, you know, whatever, uh, ambush bug you will get beautiful things you know and it's like what like i don't want to write that and it's like yeah but no just do it well i, I think too number one i think editors play that game uh, more than people uh, online i think that, that that's sort of like oh if we could put this with this it would work and uh, and i think writers and artists when i get when uh, josh williamson and i talk to each other once a week we have sort of a state of the industry talk <laughs> to of us um and which is keeping me sane in this whole thing josh is the best uh, and and we do that stuff where we're like, you know what Grant Morrison should write? He should write this thing. And oh, if he worked with this art. So I, I'm just as guilty of it as anybody else. Nice. Um, so I, yeah, no, that's a fun game to play. People should, should play that game. And if you include me, God bless you. I appreciate it. The only thing I don't like in those lists is when I'm like, let's let, let's do a list of all the uh, people who should do things. And my, I'm not on there. I was like, well, I didn't get to come on. Just come on, throw, throw me something. I'll do, I'll do, you know, brother power, the geek. Just give me, you know, let, let me, let me, let me play in the game coach. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yes. So I, I, I do that. I do that in my head. I, that's, 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 that's choice. But it's funny what you said about the editor. Cause it always reminds me that like, I feel like the golden age of, of, um, the golden age of comics was probably the golden age, but, but like of Marvel comics to me, when it was like, edit, when I couldn't, can't believe the heights it was at yes. was, you know, like 83 to 87. I'm a shooter. Yeah. I wondered under Jim Shooter where yeah. you had, you had Frank on Daredevil, you had uh, Walt on Thor, you had John Byrne on uh, FF yep. and Alpha Flight. Yeah. And, uh, and you had, uh, you had on, on, uh, on Avengers and yep. like, I, I can't believe you could go to the store and be like, yeah, I want to get some Frank Miller Daredevil. And of course they were all like working in the same office. So I guess it makes sense in retrospect. Yeah. But uh, um. But yeah, that was under Jim Shooter, who was very well known as a very strict editor, who was yes. like, he's like, he would, he would tell people like, this is an establishing shot and you have to do it this way. And looking back at those comics, John Byrne looks like he's John Burning. Like there's nothing, yes. and, and Walt Simonson is Walt Simonsing it and, and Frank Miller's Frank Millering it, but but they did that under a, a very, so you're right. Like sometimes it takes an editor to sort of be like, this is the way to go. Um, yeah. That's... But they, it, it works the other, but then you look at Karen Berger, a very, um, maybe the most successful editor in the history of comics. And she was never someone to tell that she's just kind of like, Oh, I feel, you know, this feels good. This feels, you know, she was much more intuitive and sort of, and, yeah. You know, 
That's so funny you bring that up because I've been I've I've said that and gotten yelled at for it. The idea where I'm like, you know, Jim Shooter was so like by the time he left slash was forced to leave, depending on your whoever you ask, uh, you know, every creative under him was like good riddance. And I'm and, and as a and as a result, like the audience has followed them and they're like, yeah, right. Screw. And I'm like, you know, your favorite version, like your favorite comic came out under him. Like, you know what I mean? Like you're the you can't deny it's like the, the impact. And it's like, yeah, you know what? Like he might have been a pain in the ass, but he but the trains ran on time and your favorite books were being produced at that time. Um, no, Jim Shooter. I mean, he should have his own TV show about. I mean, he's such a complicated human being who, at 13 years old, was supporting his family by writing superhero comics. I know, oh, and, and, and being horribly abused by a fifth, by a 60 year old editor, more Weisinger at DC, yeah. and then and then to then convert from to come out of that where he left and became a waiter for Ramirez, and then came back and to to rise to the head of Marvel Comics and to become a dictator himself to transform. Into the thing that had tortured him when he was 13. I mean, it's, it's a freaking Freudian, Shakespearean drama of a human. And not to mention, he's seven feet fucking tall. Right. Also, he's a monster. Like, he's <laughs> he's so scary. I've met him twice. And he, like, every time I'm like, holy shit. Like, and I know how tall you are. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah I mean, the show. That's, a, that's a fucking TV show, Jim Shooter's yeah. Life. I'm telling you, man. You're, you are absolutely right. There's so many. The, the comic book industry is so insane like it's why i think i like it so much and i'm i'm, I'm not in it but like i i'm so fascinated by it like anytime i talk to you or josh or scott or anybody like and i'm like hey tell me more about like what's going on because it's just so fucking weird and cool and it's like i you know we don't like there's so much like this show is all about me and my stream of consciousness but like there's so much shit you guys that i don't tell you <laughs> and it's just like it's just like you wouldn't I'm like, that's, that's a show. That's like a movie. That's a thing. Like that's, there's so much of that. Like, uh, you know, that should be a book. Like the development of that mini series should be a friggin' book, you know, like et, et cetera, et cetera. And it's like, that, it's so funny and interesting. And it's like, and then you go to like their panel and there's like nine people and you're like, this is a really important person. You guys, <laughs> you should be breaking down the door to talk to these people. It, it's, it's a very interesting industry i mean it's it's i mean it's it's it's, it's my life it's not only my life but it's like you know like when i'm want to relax i'll pick up a comics journal from 1987 yes. all, all of them ripping apart um walt simonson and be like ah he's such a he's such a hack and you're like yep. oh my god not walt <laughs> how could they say that <laughs> um, uh so um uh yeah i because i mean what is fundamentally odd about this industry is 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 that we create the ideas that sort of produce the, all the other industries. Like, and, and, and so it has to be these weirdos, these, both these egoists, these guys, but, but like only, only the weirdest, strangest people can, can, can produce that many ideas. Like, yeah. that's just like, I, I, that's the way the world works. You have um, to be pretty fucked up if you're going to make someone cry with your words. Like <laughs> we're all, we're, pretty, we're, we're, we're a fucked up bunch. Uh, and it, and it's, it's, I always go to comic cons. And I was like, why am I up at fucking 3 a.m. in some bar talking to this person? And then I realized, I was like, because all my friends are fucking storytellers. Yeah. Like that, that, that's literally their job. So when I'm listening to them, I was like, man, this guy, Tom Taylor's really telling this great story. About right. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, that's what he does for a living every day. He makes up a story. Yeah. Um, 
So it's 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 uh, it's, it's I'm blessed to work in this industry. It's it's the coolest thing in all time. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm I'm lucky to get a window into it, and uh, and I'm, I'm very uh, thankful that you were able to join me today on today's episode. Uh, and uh, yeah, we didn't really, you know, like that's the way that the show goes. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about vision. I wanted to talk more about the industry and about your insights. And I, I think we got there. I think we got a lot of interesting uh, stuff out of it. So I will say, I see a lot of people worrying about the industry. I just had a, yes, yes. I uh, just had a meeting with Jim um, about sort of the state of the industry. And I just want to tell people that it's going very well. You know? <laughs> yeah. like, like we're making lots of money and, uh, and the future is very bright. Yeah, let's. So if, if you're if you're just thinking, oh, we're 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 nothing as good is coming. It's that's at least behind the scenes. At least what they're telling me, and they just you know, I, I'm 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 in con I, I'm about to um, I'm in contract negotiations. So I, everything is like like the comics are up, like the sales are up, and um, yeah. and the interest is up, and 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 uh, and we're surviving a plague. Thanks to these comic book store owners who are heroically fighting the front lines every day. Uh, yeah. um, so the, de the death of comics has been greatly exaggerated. This is true. I Did you just read that article today? Uh, the one about how adult graphic novels have like had a 30% like increase in the past year. And it's like, I, I just read that this morning and I almost retweeted it, but I was like, nah, I don't want to get people yelling at me today. But it was just like, don't forget folks, the industry's dying. Um, <laughs> Well, because, we're all, uh, comics are always dying. Oh, they've been dying. I like, yeah, no, uh, yeah, no. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm very happy uh, that it's treating its creators. I mean, like people are getting better deals. People are like anyone can write a comic and have it be produced based on crowdfunding. Like, there's 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 no walls or veils. It's it's an unprecedented time. There's always room for improvement in how the corporation take, um, treats the freelancers. Don't get me wrong on that subject, but um, uh, but it's, it's, I guess it's moving in the generally right direction. Yeah, yeah. It's it's. I I think it's always had an upward trajectory, but yeah. And there's there's always exceptions, and uh, there's always improvement. And we shouldn't. We're not. No one's resting on their laurels, going like we nailed it, folks. Mission accomplished. Comics are saved. Um, it's more like comics are fine like people like cavemen made comics we they'll be around uh the my issue is just like it, it's not that comics need to be saved it's more like let's treat everyone like a human being and give everybody like a living wage like let's just get everybody to the to the level where everyone succeeds as opposed to like you know you know predatory practices and whatnot well, what's amazing about comics is that when i was a kid um you know you could go to a record store you could go to a home video store um or you could go to a comic book store uh, and 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 I think at the time, everyone's like, which one of these things will survive in 30 years? I don't think they would have picked the comic book store. No, right? like, the record store's like, no, we can't handle this. Even the bookstores, the bookstores all closed, but the comic book store's like, nope, we're small business. We rely on this incredible audience, and yep. we keep going. And it's it's like uh, somehow we've survived when a lot of people haven't, and we've yeah. thrived when a lot of people haven't. Um, so. Yeah. Uh, it's it's because it's because again it goes back to what we were saying before the comics stimulate the imagination and when someone stimulates your imagination when someone gives you a dream that's a connection you make for life and it's it's yeah. not a, it's 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 something about that that's a good point and yeah the, I, I think you were hinting at it earlier the idea that like 
everybody else pulls from it. Like <laughs> the top 10 highest grossing movies of the last 10 years were comic book movies, you know, like I'm sure that statistics made up, but you know, uh, 90% no. of statistics are so. No, uh, it's, 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 uh, it's very true that that's, that's sort of the ideas that run the world come out of yeah. people who, who make them this, in this bizarre fashion that we make comic books. Yeah. Cause it's, it's just collaborative enough that you don't get stuck in your own ass. Um, yeah. But it's not collaborative enough that someone overrules your imagination. It's like, mm. it, it, it's that sweet spot. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, there's not like, your 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 creation will, does not create, you know, like at the end of every movie, it's like, this this production created 15,000 jobs. And it's like, I'm not holding the bag on that one. It's, <laughs> you know. That's right. But uh, yeah, well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, thank you so much for hanging out and watching this episode. Tom, thanks so much for being here. And uh, if you uh, if you haven't already, you know, read his books. You already are, but uh, check them out because you know they're all pretty great. Uh, and I'm looking forward to uh, I'm looking forward to Vision. I I'm not I would not be surprised if there'll be a couple of Easter eggs in there that reference your run. Uh, I, I think I've heard that the performances are amazing. I am incredibly looking forward to it. I cannot. They sent me the little, the you know, the TV tray thing today, and I already put it on my kitchen, and it's so cool. I, nice. It's just very good. The guy just, it's just very cool to be like to, to, to tell my kids that this show is coming on, and I, I'm not. Look, this is a totally different thing. It's not your thing. Yeah, it's, it's not, not an adaptation. I mean, Kevin Feige said that like my comics were on his desk when he was writing it kind of thing. So I can at least say to my kids, I was like, your father inspired something that's like in every sort of, you know, um, every screen they open it in. So it's, it's cool. It's pretty dope. It's, it's a cool thing to say to your kids. Yeah. Well, uh, that's it. So we'll see you guys next time. Uh, and if you ever want to you know, gab about comics for an hour again, you know where to call me. <laughs> Anytime, man. I love it. We'll see you next time. So long, everybody. Yeah.